Good morning, Izzy Campy for breakfast, SCNZ. It's a big Monday morning, the 27th of March, just after 6 o'clock. you got Kempe in the house, you got Joe in the back room, you got Neeps. We're doing a good job in Aroha, keeping you up to date with all things sports and news here and abroad. Look, it was a big old weekend of racing and sport, and the one and only Kempe is going to help us get through the next couple of hours. A big couple of hours. A big good morning to you, Mr. Kempe. How you doing? <laughs> Man, good morning. Morena to Marie Bay. Now, I'm doing well. It's uh, Look, if you wake up um, this morning, you're a warrior supporter. I tell you what, you got a massive smile on your face after 19,000 people crammed into Mount Smart yesterday. It was so good to see them back, the fans, after four weeks. The first home game. Up against the doggies yesterday, and they got the the job done. It was a a long day yesterday. Is um, back down there at Mount Smart, a real good call by Sammy Hewitt here at SENZ, and uh, of course when you get the two points and the Warriors are, are playing at home, there's nothing better on a Monday morning than just going, mm, yeah, that's going to go down real nice with my coffee this morning. Oh, and you picked it. Uh, you picked it. A nice little. Multi to boot that you put together, like mate, talk us through that. Eight dollars fifty it paid. You went to win by conversion. Last scoring points for conversion. Warriors to win. What? Talk us through those little selections you got, <laughs> mate. Because it was you. You had a good weekend on the parlay. I had a good weekend. I, I, I certainly <laughs> did. And and uh, look, I got a phone call on on Friday from Louis. Um, saying, mate, do you mind talking to Australia? Like, they've come in um, looking for someone that can sort of give them a little bit more bully than Fletch <laughs> over there in Australia and around, um, I guess, the, the racing programs, and they wanted a, they wanted an NRL multi. Um, but they also wanted to talk about the Warriors. So I said, yeah, no worries at all, you know, like um, anything for the station and, and jumped online over there. And I, I had a look at the form, and I just thought, you know, coming home – I checked out all the stats and, and bits and pieces, and I thought, you know, the Warriors will get this in a close one. I put together a little multi. It went um, match result, even if it was an extra time to go the Warriors' way. The first, the 30 points, I didn't think that either of them would score 30 points because their stats would, would say that. Um, mm. The last uh, play of the game would be, scoring play would be a conversion. And, of course, um, Montoya, and if you watch the game yesterday, the amount of times they went down that left edge and couldn't get the ball to Marcelo Montoya, you'd think, oh no, this multi's not going to come in. But Montoya, to, to be an any time try score, paid $8.50. So I got a text back from the boys over in Aussie last night with the big, you know, cashed eye signs. They were happy as <laughs> getting an $8.50 multi out. So um, yeah, mate, the boys uh, gave it to a couple of guys. They they jumped on it. Louis, I, I sent to him straight away on Friday. He said it was a tasty one, so I wouldn't be surprised if he had a little bit of a full up too. But mate, a weekend of racing, a weekend of footy, like those weekends are few and far between when you do get them back to back. But I just think on, on all, a great weekend for Kiwis to be a Kiwi. You know, first game, first game for the Warriors at home. Like our mares and fillies over in Australia carving up. Um, and if you have a look at even on the the Super Rugby, like do you remember that multi when we were picking our Super Rugby teams? That paid five dollars mm. sixty. Remember that? And we tipped them out. Easy. You were picking your teams, and I was going, well, it's a dollar twenty, dollar thirty. And the one that was the 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 risky one was the Rebels, and they got the job done. Well, if you bagged that multi, that was five sixty. 
Oh, I know, the Rebels. I was so happy when um, when that came through. I just think the Rebels are playing some good rugby, and they're, the, they're probably one of the form sides over in Australia. So I was very happy when I woke up and I seen the end of that scoreline beating the Reds at home. So well done. But yes, Kempe, look, I was just having a look at my phone. I must have, must have been on airplane mode when that multi um, came through from yourself. You, you obviously sent it to Lou. You didn't send it to me. <laughs> well, it was – well, me and Louie were talking because he said, can you, oh, go, on, a can you go on with message, Gareth? A, can you go on with Gareth over in Australia? <laughs> yeah. Right. And, uh, well, I did give it to a couple of other blokes during the weekend before the game. They said, have you got anything? I said, well – Here's an eight dollar one. I think is may, is maybe a chance and threw that one out into uh, what do you call that cyberspace? So uh, yeah, I've got four green ticks. That's the main thing. There'll be a few boys happy. What about Nico Hines too, mate? Like talking about rugby league, comes back and just smashes the Saints last night. You know, so that that kid is again someone that doesn't look flashy is such a good player. And um, I know he replaced Sean Johnson, but I tell you what. Sean Johnson is on his way back, mate. Yesterday, he was the best player on the football field. And, uh, yep, keep an keep ear open at uh, 7.23 when I come off the back fence because I've got a little special for SJ. Oh, there you go. Beautiful. And on that, Kempe, can you give us a little lead on what we've got coming up on the show, my friend? Well, coming up after seven, well, the All-Whites all are back in town and they've got a good win against the China side. David Choate will join us talking about that. Then 7.41, me and you were going to go Super Rugby because there's plenty to analyse there and especially around who the best players in the competition are. And I think there's one player that's really putting his hand up there and, and a standout. What a final we had on the weekend also with Rene Holmes, who should be joining us out at eight to chat about how the Matatu got the job done against yes. the Chiefs. Manawa, who hadn't lost a game. I watched that game. I had a broken heart for that last play of the game. But, mate, that's what you do when you go in finals. You know how to win them. And Rene will be taking us through all her thoughts. And, of course, at 8.40, Richie Agar, assistant coach of the Warriors, will talk about how they ground out that win yesterday. Because they did. They grounded out the resilience I guess, and uh, just that wanting to work for each other really shone through yesterday. Of course, all our other catch-ups off the back fence, uh, Paulie Mawadi, and of course, have a listen to Love Racing because we've got a little special one there for our fillies and mares coming out of Australia. Beautiful, big show. And just on that Marata 2 final, I was watching it against uh, Chiefs Manua, and we had Chelsea Elliott on last week, and I spoke to her about the pressure. This team hasn't felt the pressure just of yet. And throughout that competition, they've been every side by 30 points, 20 points, and the pressure. Wow, Mata 2 went home. Blair Baxter, take a bow, the head coach of the Mata 2 side. Bought a game plan, exposed some, some areas of concern for the Manawa, got some points on board and just stayed in the game. They were down 19-0 to start that game in the first 20-odd minutes. So they didn't drop their heads, they stuck to their game plan and got back into that game. And oh, that last penalty, Kempe? Not a penalty, so justice at the end of that game. She was on her feet, she had all rights to the ball, and it was a turnover, and the ref came away. I thought, oh, no heartbreak, but you did right, like, yeah, you got to rally around. And it's the second time, the second time that a player, um, that, that player has, has had an opportunity to win the game and obviously missed it, so the girls would have been rallying around her and, and support. But, mate, what a weekend of sport. We, we're trying to cover it all. And we're going to try and do our best. So we've got big show coming up. Richie Agar, looking forward to that. Renee Holmes, after eight, talking the Mata 2 final. But this is one thing I want to talk to you about. I was, I was watching this race. The Vinery Group 1 over in Australia. 
prowess. Prowess, James Wellwood. Roger James at the end was visibly emotional. He has coached, uh, trained plenty of Group 1 winners. He's been in the game for a very, very long time. But you could just see what this meant to him. Kempi Prowess has gone over there and just won, but won very well. I've watched a couple of Group 1s. That was a dominant win by Prowess. And then Nick Minnett coming home. Ain't no place like home, Kempi. Like this, this filly, honestly, talk to me about it. Like, well, she's the, the destiny that this this filly could live in the next wee while. The fun that could be had with this horse is so good. Oh, it is. And yeah, look, I listened to that interview from Roger James too, and it, you do get emotional yourself when you listen to that because you mm. know I've always said about the racing game. You know, they like. Um, our people, you know, in rugby and rugby league, they're just so real and they keep it real, you know. And the way that he spoke about, I've waited 40 years for this. Um, Robert Wellwood himself having something as good as they've got on their hands with this young filly. And the way that she went out and destroyed the, her Australasian counterparts was was just, it was, mate, it was like, um, you know, your jaw hit the ground. It was like, man... Mm. And then I was I straight after straight after that. You're going well. Capernese Cap- is straight up next. You know, like on that form, running prowess that close in its last race, it was, uh, was a chance, wasn't to be with Cascadian storming down the outside to pick that one up. But on prowess, look, I think bringing him. You know, he said, "Well, there's nothing like good New Zealand grass," and I'm taking her home. And I just think, you know, they're taking their time with her. She's won a Group One in Australia already. She's going to win plenty more, mate. She's the you're thinking. What are you thinking? Like I'm thinking, Sunline, that type of that type of um, mm. mare, and uh, I think in the future, like it's in the palm of his hands. He's going to take her on to win so many more races. It, giving it a bit of a spell out in the out in the paddock, letting her grow, letting her get hold of herself before she comes back. Like she had that that race before the one on the weekend um, here in New Zealand where she had to really battle it out to get Campionessa. She chopped up Baz's horse, which was never going to get to her anyway, and defibr- uh, Defibrillator. Just goes to show you that she can back up. And I think he he's known two really hard races. Let's bring her back, give her a spell. We'll take her back next year. She's going to be well better. I look at the spring, and I'm looking really excited to watch Prowess go around. Well, you put your brain in Roger James's mug, and take us through the futures. You spoke about the futures. Like, what are the futures for this horse? Well, well, she's got some distance at two thousand meters. You know, like you've got to think if she can extend that out and go to twenty four hundred, then maybe even the cup. You know, the big one on the first Tuesday in in November. You know, she can get that distance. But as a three year old, um, and the extending that to <laughs> that form. Like the world's her oysters, mate. That's those are all the biggest races in the in the world. The Caulfield Cup, you know, twenty four hundred, where she goes out and she can and she can put away all these other horses like she did on the weekend. Like she didn't just go out there and win this race. She went out there and just made everyone in Australia stand up. You know, the interesting part about this is on Saturday, I love watching all the uh, Aussie guys on the TAB talking about because they go through their programs one after the other on the TAB. And when they got to this race, none of them really picked her out as a standout. They said, well, she's got really good form in New Zealand, but you don't know. You know, they do mm. come over here and they do okay. But they were just saying, we don't know. And then she's come out and made a statement like that. I just I just think the world's her oyster.
Like she could even end up back over in Ascot in the UK running. If she's as good as the, the Sunlines, um, you know, we, we're even talking the, the real good mare, um, Winks. Mate, who knows what her, what her future is? She was so dominating on the weekend. So, honestly, I've watched plenty of racing, and after that, I just couldn't believe it. I even had to put up a, a video on my socials because I was just blown away with the, the way in which she did it. And Mark Zara, obviously, ridden as 25th winner over the weekend in Group 1 level. Like, man, he, well, you know, he would have been was, You know J-Mac was meant to be on him? On him? Yeah. So J-Mac was meant to be on her. So you've got that future. Like, he's he's on her. That's, that's what they want. Does um, he slip straight back in? 100%. Hundred <laughs> percent. Mark Zara would be going, Oh man, I'm you know, I've got my chance, at least I've ridden it once. But uh, mm. J Mac will jump on Prowess from now on and, and again that's that that combination of a jockey and a horse, I think we're gonna see them going past that winning post plenty more times. Oh, double eight, double three, temper bed post text machine, let us know. Prowess. Did you get on? Did you back Prowess? Because I certainly did I know a couple of you out there. Particularly you, Joe and Gizzy, were on prowess over the weekend. Imperatrice, Cascadian. So thank you, Uncle. You saved my weekend with your... You're a tipster, aren't you? You're just the oracle, and you are living up to that name, and I absolutely love it, and I wish you just sent me that um, league multi. But anyway, that's okay. Next time you'll <laughs> think of me in that little moment. Imagine Can't that, chucking that in the multi. Anyway, we've got a big, big show, and it's now 18 past six, and it's time for this. Can't wait question of the day. Like I said, double eight, double three on the temper bed post text machine or 0800-150-811 on the Kennard's higher phone line. Roosters teen sensation Joseph Suwali has reportedly signed a contract with Rugby Australia that will see him switch to union for three years and earn a whopping disgusting 1.6 million per season <laughs> is this the stupidest thing you've ever heard what sort of impact does this have on rugby australia good or bad let us know on the text machine double eight double three oh eight hundred one five oh eight eleven big news circling out of rugby australia and well the one and only Brandon the Cheese Smith had his say. So listen to this. Um, rugby really got a, a gem there. Um, he's only gone for three years. I think he'll be about 16 when he comes back, so he'll be able to um, come back to the Roosters, hopefully. And, uh, like P Peter Volandi said, go over, get that easy money, and then come back to the real sport. Um, $1.6 could have been spent better on the grassroots of rugby. Um, a $1.6 million winger from the Roosters isn't going to help you beat the All Blacks. <laughs> what about that? <laughs> Straight up the guts here, Kimpy. Oh, what do you reckon? He's throwing a knockout punch at the very, <laughs> very cheese at the very first press conference. He's, hey, I'll tell you what, even though it was funny, there's a lot of truth. Like a $1.6 million. Ton of truth in that. $1.6 million wing ain't going to win you a World Cup. How true. The biggest part of this one, and you touched on it, Brandon, I don't think he he understood what he touched on, is the effect that um, this has on the grassroots game in Australia. Like $1.6 million, mm. it's not the $1.6 million, it's actually the $5 million that they spend over three years on one player to come back and roll around for the next World Cup. But it does it, it does have an impact on grassroots. 
I totally agree, Kimpy. I totally agree. We'd love to hear from you at home. Double eight, double three, or oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. Joseph Suwali has reportedly signed a contract with Rugby Australia for three years, one point six million big ones per season. It is outrageous. It is ludicrous. Let us know. You're listening to Izzy and Kimpy for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrance. Yes, welcome back. We're talking Joseph Suwali has reportedly signed a contract with Rugby Australia that will see him switch to Rugby Union for three years and earn a whopping $1.6 million per season. And I tend to agree with everything that Brandon Smith spoke about in his press conference yesterday. It is ludicrous. It is outrageous. That is a lot of money to put on one player. And I can understand Australia, but I don't know where Australia's getting this money from, Kempi. They are broke. They've been struggling as of late. There's been a lot of questions, uh, you know, when Raylene Castle was there, talking about the situation that Rugby Australia is in, their ability to attract the numbers to the stadiums, the contracts, the sponsors, marketing. Like, they're about fifth on the pecking order over in Australia in terms of international sport, and they've come up with this big money. You can understand why. They need numbers. They need people to give a reason for them to go watch the games, but is this the right way going about it, Kempi? Well, you, you've got to think where, like, I, when I spoke to you about where the money comes from, like, does it come from a philanthropist that uh, Eddie Jones has been able to entice back into the game to say, look, if we're going to go and sign Joseph Suwali, do you mind actually dipping in your pocket and helping us out? Uh, that's the only way that I can see that they've gone out there and, and able to sort of, when you talk about the $5 million over three years, um, justify it because you wouldn't justify on those comments that you just made about the grassroots game and the and the game in schools and the numbers going down that you'd spend five million dollars on one player. It just doesn't make any sense. And the other part of that, like, it's not the signing of Joseph Swali; it's the next one. So if you spend five million and then you start adding it up, you got to remember when they signed Lottie to Kerry, Wendell Saylor, and Matt Rogers. They, you know, the the amount of money that goes to three players when you when you're talking about a union that's broke, it, like it's I guess there has to be an investigation. <laughs> there has to be an investigation for sure. And John's come through. I'm with I'm with Cheese. It's pretty stupid. Should have invested in first fifteen if you're going to spend that money. Grab Nico Hines along the same lines of yourself. But Kempe, we're worried about it going the other way. All the union going over and switching back to league. Now they've come out and thrown this spanner in the works. Are we expecting any more? Well, that's that's my point. Like when you're talking about they haven't got money, they're spending the one point six. Like the right, the, the winner out of this is the player. The players are going well. If Joseph is getting one point six, what am I worth? Hey Eddie, I guarantee you the managers are hot on the lines this morning saying, by the way, this player is available. Nico Hines is available. You know what I mean? You've got um, Selwyn Cobos available. You've got all these younger kids coming through that possibly are looking to jack up their contracts. It's a it's a very tough place to be in for the NRL because the NRL do have the ability to come out and sign players themselves to keep them in the game. They've obviously looked at this contract and just gone, no way. This is actually this actually ruins our salary cap. If we start playing these games, then players are going to, well, I think they're getting very, very well paid at the moment. $1.6 million for a winger. It's $500,000 Possibly $600,000 more than a marquee player. It's crazy yeah. money. Where does he play? So you think he's winger? Well, he's got to start in the wing, doesn't he? He's not going to slot straight back in the second 5'8". Nah. 
you know, again... Nah, get him out of the centres. Get him out of the centres, Kempi. I, I, for the life of me, get him out there. We want to see him with his feet, with the ball in hand, with some space. And the only question mark that I was listening to yesterday about was his kicking game. Look, he's played, he played age-grade rugby, and there's been a ton of videos coming out. I've watched them all, and he is classy as anything. So he dominated the, the schoolboy level for the only ability to, to kick with a fullback is the right position for him. And I know that's why they're refusing to potentially put Roger Tuivasa-Shek back there because you've got to be able to relieve pressure and you're another driver on the other side of the field. So you've got you to gotta be a, a decision maker and, a, and a, you know, a game driver. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see where they go. But let us know, Joseph Suwale, what do you think? Are you disgusted by it? Are you all for it? Because let's be honest, Rugby Australia has been on the look for a genuine superstar in the game, and this is it. There's, there's probably no one bigger with a, with a brighter future than the one and only Joseph Suwali. So Eddie Jones, he's come over. He's stamped his mark nice and early. And, uh, well, Joseph Suwali is going to be heading to Rugby Union in 2025, $1.6 million, taken away from the grassroots level. And we all know the struggles that Rugby Australia has at grassroots level. So it's a bit of a hole that they'll need to fill. And whether this will pay off, only time will tell. We love hearing your thoughts, Kempi. Keep them coming through, double eight double three oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. Warriors supporters, I know you're out there, Joey from Gizzy. SJ, the one and only, dominated yesterday. And, well, Kimpy, I can't wait for you off the back fence because if I remember correctly, he was about to retire. Oh, that's right. So you'll have to tune in <laughs> at 7.23 if you want to hear it. Can't wait, Kempi. And don't you get the feeling since the NRL started, it's been super what? Also, do you think 60 points a game and super really helps transition to international rugby? You did right. Look at the crowds that are taking place at the NRL level. They are filling the stadiums. And you just have to put it into contrast with the Blues-Crusaders game in Auckland. There's a ton of empty seats there. Well, yesterday 19,000 went to watch the one and only one Warriors the job done. We're going to shoot away. We're going to come back with some headlines with the one and only Joey B. We got Quizzy Dag giving away a $50 TAB bonus bet at 640 ish. But before then, here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together, we're shaping and building New Zealand. <laughs> Yes, thank you, Aroha. It's now time to hear from Joey B, brought to you by Bunnings. Power your business with Bunnings Trade Power Pass, Joey B. Just days after being named as New Zealand's Female Crickster of the Year, Amelia Kerr has won the WPL title with the Mumbai Indians. She scored 14 runs and grabbed two wickets to cap off a great 12 months for the 22-year-old. And England is currently two goals ahead of Ukraine with about 20 minutes to go in there. Euro 2024 qualifier at Wembley. And then uh, WGC match play. You boys have been interested in this one. Scotty Scheffler is tied with Sam Burns through 16. And Rory McIlroy is two up over Cameron Young through 15 in the second semi-final. Those are your headlines, boys. Thanks to Bunnings Trades and Builders. Power your business with Bunnings Trade Power Pass. Yes. Well done, Melia Kerr. Yes, Kempi. And David White, mate. We've got to talk... Um, sorry, was it... The, 
the boxing on the weekend? David Light. David Light. David Light and the 12 rounds that he went through. What an effort. What a what a Trojan to trudge out there and put that together. And, uh, you know, we heard from his coach last week. He didn't let us down. Mm, he didn't, Kempe. No, no, he was phenomenal in that. Um, brave. He was brave. He was brave in that performance over the weekend. And uh, well done. Well done, David Light. He'll be so proud. Look, just obviously a lot of scuffling. Couldn't get in because Lawrence O'Coley has got more reach than any other boxer in the in the in the division. So unable to get in close. And you can see the frustration that he was causing Lawrence O'Coley because he was constantly grabbing and grappling and and holding. And he had actually points deducted from him in the eleventh round. But David Light will be extremely proud. And Isaac Peach was frustrated. They definitely lost that uh, that, that 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 belt. In that boxing match, but um, frustrated with just some of the refereeing that had taken place over there in Manchester. So well done to David Light, very very proud moment, and well done to Melia Kerr. Obviously, first time the WPL has been played, and it's uh, it's a great format and it's starting to take traction on the world stage. And just another quick update, lads. We had Michael Hendry on our show a while back, and Michael Hendry has finished second place. Second place finish on the Asian Tours World City Championship. And because he finished second place, he has made, he has, he has entered, he has been entered in the Open, the British Open, the major towards the end of the year. So Michael Hendry, a good old Kiwi, has got his card or got an opportunity to play at the Open later on this year. So well done to Michael Hendry. We appreciate it and we love what seeing our golfers exceed and excel on the world stage, that WGC um, match play, I can't, I can't figure it out, man. It's so frustrating. I was so gutted that Foxy missed out. I obviously, um, Andrew Putnam went through oh, that group. Uh, he obviously won three and zero, and Foxy was two and one. I think Foxy was absolutely flying, but Rory McIlroy looks like the man to beat in the WGC match play Dell Classic over there. So well done, and we'll keep you up to date throughout the morning. There is plenty to talk about. That Warriors performance, Kempe, it is so good, and I can't wait to hear your off-the-back fence in regards to that later on, 7.23, because Sean Johnson is the Sean Johnson of old. He is fit. He is confident. He is his ability to control that game. His kicking game was so good over the weekend. Yeah. He was putting the ears, getting to the set six completions, relieving the pressure. There was that moment. Towards the end of the game, everyone was out of their feet. Out on their feet at the moment. And he just pins it past Addo Carr into the corner. They relieve the pressure. They go to a scrum. Like he is just on another planet at the moment. He's, and it's so um, important to have such a decent kicking game too and to grind out, you know, when it was... but Because they weren't the only ones that were out on their feet. The Warriors were out on their feet too. And Sean Johnson's kicking game kept them in the game. So... Um, look, I think he's he has gone to another level compared to what he has produced over the last couple of years. I, I do think it's got to do with a hell of a lot of the players that have also been put around him. Yeah. But you can't take away yesterday the clutch play. All right, they were down. They had that twelve points um, swing on on Kikau stealing the ball, which was a try to Montoya. I got to say, and then uh, Sean Johnson comes back down the pitch after just grinding it out and has that show and go and goes back under the post. Like that's the the Sean Johnson we want to see. Oh, I love it, absolutely love it. Like when he scored that try, it all happened so quick, and that's what I'm loving this time is 
He's always been very explosive. We lost that for a few years. Well, his explosiveness is back, and he's taking the line on, and it's so good. You're dead right. He's got Tamati Martin outside him, who I think needs to take a pat on the back as well because he is unlocking. And you can see what it meant to them when SJ scored that try. Yep, Tamati Martin went up to him with the biggest smile ever, gave him the biggest hug, and that's the unlocking of Sean Johnson right there, I feel, is Tamati Martin's influence on that side. It's so good, and we're going to be talking about it throughout the show. It's now time for Quizzy Dag. Give us a call, 0800 150 If you haven't won the quiz, well, today's your day. But give us a call. Ken Artai phone lines are right open right now, 0800 150 to take on me, the quiz master. This is how you do it. Quizzy Dad, come play it. This is how we do it. Quizzy Dad, come play it. Quiz is on the line, just one at a time. Don't Google a lie. Phone a friend, you'll be fine. Just listen for the signs. TAB with the prize. 50 bucks if you wise. If you're wrong, and then we'll say goodbye. This is how we do it. This is how we do it. Quizzy Dad, come play it. Quizzy Dad, come play it. Oh, 800. 150 811 Now give us a call. Oh, yes, that's right. There's a couple of spare spots. We just we just lost the ZD for a second here. Dad, I'm back. He's back. I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> that is right. It's time for Quizzy Dag. <laughs> 0800 150 There's a couple of spare spots here. If you're sitting at home, you're just sitting on it, you're wondering, oh, should I, shouldn't I? Give us a call. Right now, you are new. You'll get a chance to win $50 TAB bonus bet courtesy of the team at TAB. It's time to chat with Brett from Huntley, and I'm sure, I'm sure of it. He had a bit of a fill-up over the weekend. Brett, morena. Morena, my bro. Not, not on the big ones. Not on the big ones. Uh, yeah, just oh. last leg. Oh, I was like, is he dad got rivered? Man, if <laughs> Captain Nessa had top board, oh, would have been feeds on me. <laughs> oh, man. It was so... I actually thought Captain Nessa was... Got, a, got herself into a good spot and then just couldn't go and quite get there in the end. But Cascadian oh, to win from there, hell of a win. <laughs> Same. I was like that when Montefilia was running down. I was like, please, please, no. But lucky I covered it with a place bet. So there you go. Anyway, Brett, good luck today, my friend. Surely you'll get this one right, your one-eyed chief supporter. Which team sits in the top three positions of the Super Rugby table? Top three, uh, the mana, the Blues, I think, are in second place. And the Canes? You're incorrect there, my friend. Have a a good day, Brett from Huntley. And we'll chat to you tomorrow, brother. Appreciate your call. Ed from Tolaga, morning. Yeah. Morena, Morena, oh, which teams? <laughs> morena, morning. <laughs> morning. <laughs> which teams sit top? Three positions on the Super Rugby table. I think Brett's team is first, Chiefs, Hurricanes and Brumbies. Yep, that is correct. Chiefs, Hurricanes, Brumbies. Question number two. 
Who won the UFC's main event yesterday afternoon? Hell of a scrap. I don't know. Okay, love your honesty. Have a good day, Ed. Zaid from Auckland. Morning, Zaid. Good afternoon, Izzy. Uh, good morning, Izzy Dag. Morning to you, Zaidy boy. Good luck today. I know that you would have been watching plenty of sport. Who won the UFC's main event yesterday afternoon? I believe it was Corey Sanhagen by decision. The Sandman. That, that is correct. Well done. Well done. Question number three. Which player has the most caps for the All-Whites? Oh, is it, uh, is it Tommy Smith? Tommy Smith is incorrect. Sorry, Zaid. Have a good day, mate. Appreciate your call. Leroy from Gisborne. Morning, Leroy. Good morning. Good morning. Morning up. Good. Morning up. Morning up. Morning. How's Gizzy, mate? All good? Sun is shining? Yeah. Yeah, just coming up daylight, yeah. Getting there slowly. Beautiful, mate. Awesome, mate. I hope you're doing all right there in tight Rafferty. Which player has the most caps for the All-Whites? Uh, what's his bloody name? You get a clue if you want one uh, from Kempi. Yeah, I'll have a clue then, Kempi. Hey, you got a vice grip on it. Oh, vice grip. Uh, no, I'm gone. I'm out of here. Oh. All good, Leroy. We'll do our best tomorrow, mate. You, you give us a call. Same time tomorrow. Uh, Jade from Hamilton. Morning. Morning, the boys. How are we? Good, thank you. Which player has the most caps for the All Whites? Is that big ducker, Ivan Vesilic? Yes, Ivan Vesilic is correct. 0800 Take on the Quizmaster. Give us a call. Question number four. What WPL team? Does Melia Kerr play for? Why well, is it the Indians? I need the first name. Mumbai. Mumbai Indians is correct. Well done. Question number five: Who won the Simon Mannering Medal as Player of the Year for the Warriors last season? Oh, I five. Couldn't get a clue on that one. Great diet. Great story. Three. <laughs> it's hard. You and Aitken? You and Aitken is correct. Well done, Jade, from Hamilton. A $50 TAB bonus bet coming your way. Thank you to everyone that has called through. A couple of new callers as well. We're trying to encourage you. If you're sitting at home, you haven't given Quizzy Dag a crack every morning, give us a call. But well done, Jade. You are our champion. For Monday morning, we'll be back for another wee take on Quizzy Dag later. Tomorrow morning, 6.40ish. But right now, it's time for a a little bit of love racing update with the one and only Tony Kemp. That's what we like, Neeps. It's four minutes away from seven. A good tune after a good weekend on the punt with Love Racing. You can call us anytime on 0800 150 811, the Kennards Hire phone line, the Grand Tour Racing Festival. It's still coming to you with our Love Racing update. Yes, and what a weekend it was for the Kiwis on Friday night. 
at the Valley, all the talk was about the Kiwi Mare Imperatriz. After four Group 1s in New Zealand, she heads over to Aussie. She grabs not her, only her first Group 1, I think there's many more to come, but it adds to her black type brood stock. Uh, geez, she's going to be a great mare, this one. I have, I have to say, though, that win on Friday shows she'll probably get plenty more. Congrats to Opie Bossom and Mark Walker combo for getting the job done. Babylon Berlin up to Jigsaw. 300 metres to go. A length and a half. Imperatriz getting closer. Then came in the Congo. And Balanipatina to the outside in the straight. Babylon Berlin has been grabbed by Imperatriz. Balanipatina coming at it. Imperatriz, three quarters of a length in front. The Kiwi and Opie. It's Imperatriz wins it from Balanipatina. Rock and horse third. Yeah, good run too from Babylon Berlin. Plays bridesmaid once again to Imperatriz. Got to the corner but didn't swing off it as uh, Louis would have hoped. Uh, but we got another good Kiwi mare. Got up Imperatriz. Well done. And another Philly prowess could be Roger James' best after storming home to smash her rivals in the Vinery Stakes at Rose Hall on Saturday. The daughter of Prosser handed her Australia, uh, Australasian counterparts an absolute legend at the weekend and also brought a tear to the successful trainer Roger James who declared prowess possibly his best ever. Look forward to following this champ. And Soul Choice is the leader, but Pavitra is looming large on the outside and a length away to Prowess. It's Pavitra getting the upper hand from Soul Choice, but here comes the Kiwi Fleet. Prowess is coming home hard, and Prowess moved up now, takes the lead in the binary stud stakes, and she's a class act, pulling right away Prowess to win it by three and a half to Pavitra. Pavitra, that's who they were all picking, the Aussies, they're thinking that was the one to back, but Prowess pulling away a class act is the one to follow. Coming home to eat some of that great kiwi grass, getting ready, I think, for the spring carnival this year, 2023. Looking forward to that. But here's another one for me, Izzy. It's a it's a kiwi horse that it run run once here, Cambridge Synthetic, then headed over to Australia under Gay Waterhouse. I backed against it on the weekend. I had a little um, a little dabble on a place bet, which I gave to you as well. And uh, it got be- it, it got beaten by this horse, Goldman, the Kiwis import, who after um, this win on Flemington has been put in the uh, Ray Higgins in Flemington has been put in as favourite for the Melbourne Cup in the first Tuesday in Melbourne. Look, I watched that race. It jumped out. I thought, man, you gone way too early, Goldman, and got out to the front. But the way that it just put down and led home, I think the one to beat. Uh, and at 11 bucks coming in to that first Tuesday in Melbourne. Get on now. It opened at 26s. It's into 11s. It's going to shorten um, from here on in. So loads of racing coming up this week. We've got Matter Matter on Wednesday. And, of course, the Doncaster Mile, another Group 1. We know that it's all grand finals for these horses that come out. Aegon runs in the Doncaster, hopefully gets the job done for the Kiwis. Um, but there's plenty more racing to come up. That's our Love Racing update. Uh, don't forget, eat, drink and get racy. Round up your crew and book now at thegrandtour.nz. Welcome back, Izzy Kempe for breakfast. SCNZ, just after 7 o'clock, you got Izzy and Kempe. Keeping you wow, on the airways for the next couple of hours. We can't wait to rip in. We've got plenty of sport coming up. Renee Holmes after 8 o'clock, looking forward to chatting to her about the Mata 2 Super Rugby I'll picky win over Chiefs Manawa on Saturday there away in Hamilton it was an absolutely outstanding game Mata 2 went there with a game plan and executed that game plan we're going to read a couple of these messages before we get off to our next guest and we're talking football shortly Kia ora uh, Kempi and Izzy have to say our pack definitely land the platform a lot better this year 
We were last for run metres last season, near the top this season. No wonder our spine players are looking better. That is from Mo. Could totally, totally agree there, Mo. They are fit, and they are having back-to-back runs. Aiden Fanua Blake is just on another level at the moment. And then you bring on Jazz Tavanga and Dylan Walker, and they are actually ball carriers and get to the game line every single time. You think they're ball players. Well, they're doing the hard yards and helping out the big forwards in the middle to get those gain lines. So, yeah, we'll be talking more of that at around 7.23 when we talk to the one only Tony Kemp gives us off the back fence. So stay tuned. But right now it's time to talk some football. The drought is over. It took seven games, but the All Whites finally got a ball in the back of the net. They made good use of their possessions this time around, slotting two goals in Wellington to give themselves their first win against China in over 30 years. I wouldn't be surprised if the last time they won, the great David Choate was on the pitch. Choate joins us on the line now to talk about an eventful couple of games for the All Whites at home. Morning, David. How you doing? Yeah, I'm good this morning, guys. Always good to see the All Whites get a win. Good to see them play at home. That's a rarity these days. And uh, Look, I thoroughly enjoyed both games uh, because you're looking at the next sort of uh, World Cup team, the side that will take them to 24. This is the class that will take them there. And... Uh, yeah, good on them. They got a couple of goals yesterday in Wellington in beautiful conditions. Wasn't a bad watch. Did that win give you that feeling of optimism about the future for the All Whites? Yeah, probably probably uh, guarded optimism. I think the thing you've got to like about them, they're young. Um, they have, they're have a side that's got plenty left in them. You'd only sort of look at um, you know three or four guys, the likes of Tommy Smith, um, maybe Costa Barbarousas, uh, who, who may be coming to the end of their sort of international careers, I suppose. Chris Wood's the interesting one. They didn't have him for this tournament because he was injured. So these results without him are, are, are really good results. So, yes, some optimism, like some of the young guys coming through. And, uh, yeah, I think there's, a, there's an opportunity to build a side that can do New Zealand proud. What did you make of that first goal, Chody? You know, they were pretty lucky that the VR wasn't in use there. Boxall, was he offside? Yeah, he was. Uh, I was at the other end of the pitch. They didn't even think about the offside, but straight away you could see it was an <laughs> own goal. Um, so you sort of were um, a, a little bit deflated because there was a missed penalty just before, and you thought, oh, it's going to be one of those days. You're going to go another 90 minutes without goals. In the end, the Chinese did us a favour and stuck one in the back of their own net, so that's always helpful. Um, but, uh, yeah, they probably were a wee bit lucky to get that because BAL, I think, may have ruled that out or would have ruled that out, I think. Seeing that you spoke about the young stars coming through, seeing the two all-whites young stars, Joe Bell, Matthew Garbutt, connect for the for a goal, must have been particularly good to see for Darren Baisley, right? Goal scoring hasn't been part of the plan as of late, but they got the they got the job done. Yeah, Matthew Garbutt off the bench, a, a great goal it was, a really good uh, goal, good ball by Joe Bell to put him in. That's part of the thing you like about the side, the likes of Joe Bell, Matthew Garbutt, and I'll put Marco Staminich in there as three young players who he can start building sort of midfield and attacking midfield around. Not a not a natural goal scorer, I don't think, um, Matthew Garbutt, but certainly that attacking player that creates chances and showed there that he can finish chances. Um, that's still the conundrum, I think, for the for the All-Whites, is that front third, just finding those X-factor players who can find the net regularly. But certainly Matthew Garbutt showed enough to say that he's going to be one for the future, for sure. What, what do you say about all the talk about the All-Whites attacks, David? Like, are you really concerned about that future of our, our back four as well, with the loss of those players getting to the end of their careers? Yeah, the, 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 the back four is um, a work on, but I sort of feel like New Zealand can produce back four players pretty regularly. We tend to come, come up with players who can sort of keep others away from goal. 
the front third gives me a headache because I think we're almost overcoached <laughs> as a footballing nation. But in the front third, you want those creative players, those sort of those game breakers, and they're not really coached. They're sort of they're born, not made. If you get the drift, it, it's a real sort of uh, a conundrum for the Whites to produce the next Chris Wood. I mean, he can probably go one more World Cup if he stays fit and healthy. He'll be sort of into his 30, 34, 35 as they go through this sort of qualifying round. So it'll be interesting to see if he can stay on the park because without him, I do worry about the attacking third. So so you're saying that we've, we've actually got talent coming through or the pathways are nice and healthy, but we're, we're getting steered in the wrong direction. And it, and it makes sense, really, because there's a bit of a conundrum at the moment in, in football New Zealand with the coaching setup. So no one's got really any idea. Yeah, the football we play is good. It's um, it's good through the back third. It's good through the midfield. But you get to that front third, and, and, the, and the creative spark is the thing that you're looking for. Those players who do the unexpected expect the unexpected. It's hard to defend against players who you don't know where they're going. I mean, at the very top of the game, you think about those strikers, the Messi's, the Mbappe's. Unbelievable pace, yeah. unbelievable skill. Um, the last time we um, we had someone sort of of that nature was Winton Ruther. I mean, he was a he was a freak. Um, and creating freaks is hard. You've got to get players who have both pace and creativity. And it's not necessarily the position where you need to be overly sort of coached and overly disciplined. You want someone who's a bit of a wildcard. So either the big physical style of Chris Wood or a, or a little dribbler. Marco Rojas, I thought, was worthwhile as an introduction uh, into the second game. Yeah. That kind of player who just sort of does things that other players don't do. And what does our under-17 and under-20 pool look like, David? Have we got, the, I guess, the players there at the level um, where they need to be at that age coming through to, to keep this, I, I guess, this uh, all-white side going? Yeah, it was interesting. The under-23s, or they're actually under-22s, they picked a side that was under-22s, played before both all-whites games against the Chinese under-23 side uh, and won both games. So, again, encouraging. Remember, China are ranked about 80 in the world, so about 20 spots above the all-whites. And bringing sides like that to New Zealand, you want to beat them because that gets you up the, up the FIFA rankings and gives you some confidence. The next group, they managed four goals in two games, which is good. Um, being old, I think, getting amongst the goals... Uh, um, you know, uh, a Phoenix player coming through. Again, you're looking for who's going to be that the, the understudy to Chris Wood. Yesterday, I think Alex Grieve got the nod up front. He's a slighter build. He's not really a lead-the-line striker, but he does have a, a bit of an eye for goal, despite the penalty miss, which was an absolute owler, by the way. Never seen a worse penalty, to be honest. It was horrible. Um, but Alex Grieve's got more to him than missing penalties. He's got enough in him to say that he can be around and be the kind of striker who assists. But for me, still looking for that magic number, number nine, number 10, who can lead the line. Um, I would, uh, if I was a young kid, about 17 or 18, and you thought you had the talent, I'd be putting my head down because there's an opportunity coming. Beautiful. Well, let's, let's talk the, the head coaching role. Look, I get a sense from what I'm hearing and reading that Baisley has got the Got the co- uh, the back room, got the locker room. They're all in support. Is there a world in which Baisley retains the head coaching role? Oh, undoubtedly, there's a world. Um, uh, it's a world of pain for New Zealand football in terms of picking up a, a, a manager who is really going to take the side forward. I think they've had a horror in terms of their handling of it so far. And Darren Baisley becomes the incumbent. I know he's the assistant. He feels a bit back room for me, to be honest. He feels like the guy who you'd have in your team, your coaching team. Not sure that he's the guy to go forward, but I don't really know enough about him. But he's done work within the New Zealand football setup, so that's he's the known quantity. I'm not sure they've got too many people queuing up. I think they'll have to pull a rabbit out of the hat 
if they're going to go better than Baisley. You think New Zealand football would have learned a lot from the New Zealand Rugby Union's debacle of hiring a coach? You get a sense of yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> administrators, are, administrators are notorious for sort of, I don't know, um, making a meal out of things that look pretty straightforward. Um, the, the the coaching situation for the All Whites is, is a critical one, and they've, they've played it out in public pretty poorly so far. I'm not sure that they've got too much sort of backup plan. I don't know what plan B looks like, but at the moment, um, they'll, they'll probably go into another round of games in the international break. It wouldn't surprise me if they hadn't settled on their, their man by then. Hey, David, just extend a little bit on that conversation there. Why do you get administrators that have no idea about sport come in and think that they all of a sudden are, are like their Einsteins about the sport that they go on to administer? Yeah, I don't know. There's sort of, um, it's, I think I've said it before, like we call them fishheads, only the old officials. Um, mm, there's plenty yeah. of ties and blazers walking around and you, and you wonder where they actually came from. It's so important <laughs> to me to have people coming through the system who stay in the system. Um, it was good yesterday to see Simon Elliott, uh, Glenn Moss, um, Rory Fallon amongst that coaching group because they are players who have come through New Zealand football, gone offshore, played at the top level and, uh, and are giving back to the game. So I think there's... There are people out there, but they don't seem to go into the administration of the ranks. I mean, if if, if you went through the, the the board of most sports, I think you'd be scratching your head at times and you'd go, I wonder why they're there. Um, people who live and breathe a code are the kind of people you want to get, I think, into your administration and to lead lead the charge, if you like. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more, David Choke. Appreciate your time. Um, just a couple more questions before we let you go. And we're going to shoot off yep. and uh, talk the women's game just quickly. But do, do you think the fact that the All Whites are pretty much guaranteed a World Cup spot going forward will increase uh, public interest in the team? How do, you, how do you find the interest in the team at the moment, the support that they're receiving? I thought this round of games was horribly promoted. Again, I'd, I'd point back at the officials. I think they could have done a lot better in terms of, I think there was 10 and a half here yesterday, yeah. maybe 12 and 12, 12 in Auckland. I think you can get more than that. I think you can uh, double the size of your crowd with decent promotion and putting things around the game. I think they can do better in that regard. The women's game will absolutely explode. I can't wait for that Women's World Cup. The, mm. the women's game will get its own fill-up off the back of that for sure. The men's game still has work to do. They've got to keep getting games both home and away. I think they go away into Europe next, which is good, but they need to bring games back to New Zealand and put these all-whites out in front of their fans. Yesterday at the end of the game, I was at uh, the eastern end of the ground, and the amount of kids that were coming out of the stands to see their heroes, to get their signatures, to get their... Their, their selfies done was really pleasing. That's what you've got to build off, but they've got to play games at home. Yeah, we need more games, uh, David. I think we need more games. Two games against China is okay, but when was the last time? I think we played Australia Eden Park. So that was yonks ago. I can't even. That was that far uh, ago. That that long ago that I can't even really remember. But mate, you did right. We need more games, and that's how you're going to compete on an international level. I know it's tough with the windows and everything like that. And I think a long way to solidifying that is actually hiring a coach. Get some certainty in the group will go a hell of a long way. So we appreciate your time, David Choke. Great to see the uh, the All-Whites back in the winner's circle 2-1 over China. I take a lot of confidence out of that. Thanks so much for your time. No drama, boys. Always happy to talk about football. Beautiful. David Choke talking football. They're back in the winner's circle finally. Wrote a bit of luck. Yesterday in that game, Kempi, it's been a long time between goals, seven games before they even come close to get one in the back net. But, you know, exciting time. But you did right, eh, mate? Like, this, 
Why, why are we suddenly going through some coaching saga? We're probably going to go through another one with <laughs> New Zealand Cricket and Gary Steed. And the drama's about it. It is a, it's a, oh God, it's a, the landscape is really interesting, you know, like he makes so much sense when Chody comes on a show and talks about the fish heads and the administrators that they get these positions knowing nothing about the, the sport and then all of a sudden become like, you know, first class Einsteins in it and, and for me, I just, it does my head in, um, seriously, this, this Darren Baisley, like, He's obviously got his hands on the on the coaching job. I don't think they can go and find another coach. I think the problem that you have up front where we can't score goals is going to continue until the day where we get the messy running around in New Zealand. You know, one kid that comes through and he'll probably then go overseas and won't be allowed to play uh, for the all-whites like um, Mr Adams who runs around in the NBA. We can't get him playing for our, our New Zealand basketball team. It's like it's a... They've come so far forward, the All Whites. Mm. You know, there's just, I think the the players are moving that fast that the administrators are struggling to keep up. That's 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 what it looks like. It's interesting to hear his thoughts on the overcoaching situation that they've had at, at the top. Like we've got athletes in this country, we all know that. Look at the athletes running around in, in rugby. You got league, you got netballers, you've got athletics. Well, so the league one's athletes. yeah. The league one's a prime example. I got told um, from the inside, like you go into the New Zealand league team, for instance, which I've been a part of, and it's just full of Australians. Like the the administrators that put these positions in place don't actually have an idea of what that does to that that whole setup. You know, there's when you're saying when you play for New Zealand, but you're being coached for Australians in rugby league, it doesn't work, hasn't worked. You know, so I just think that sometimes. You know, I like to hear that the Rory Fallons and that are at the back back of the back room helping out with the coaching. I think that's really important for Baisley. You know what I mean? To go forward with the, with those type of players around him, it, but it's really hard to get people to sort of see the light, is he? You know, David Choke yeah. for me, it makes total sense every time he comes on our show. Yeah, absolutely love it. Love talking football, and remember, only a couple of months out from the football ferns, the World Cup down under, one of the most watched events going around on the global circuit at the moment. It's here in New Zealand, so let's rally around our football ferns and try and inspire them. They would have got some inspiration from the black ferns and what they've been able to achieve. So it's going to take a hell of an effort to, to be able to uh, mirror that performance. But we're right behind them and we want to support them all the way. Off the back fence with the one and only Tony Kemp. I cannot wait for this. Stay tuned because Kempy. Might be changing his tune. I don't know. Let's wait and see, eh? You listen to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast, thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrance. Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. <laughs> Settle down, Israel. Every now and then, you have to eat a large serving of humble pie. Over the last four weeks, I've been dished up an extra helping of it from none other than Sean Johnson. And to be honest, I'm happy as looking forward to seconds. Sean's form this year is just night and day compared to last year. He's discovered some of his razzle-dazzle from of old, and yesterday's show and go to seal the match was vintage SJS Sean Johnson. This team that Webby's built surrounding Sean has absolutely been the catalyst to his revival. Marata Nuakore, who stands inside Sean defensively, has Sean defending like he's a back rower. 
His defence has been simply outstanding. But it's a it is his offensive shape that has got me excited. Tomorrow, Martin and Nickel Klockstad are such a foil for Johnson, but so is Dylan Walker. Can you imagine Dylan Walker coming on, moving the first receiver, pushing Sean out, and having that room to move? It's been absolutely wonderful to watch. There's outstanding offensive coverage supporting him for the entire 80 minutes. But here's the question for you, Izzy. And of course, everyone else that has, it, has had to have a little bit of that humble pie. Text us on double eight double three on our Temper Bedpost text machine and tell me, can he keep this up for the whole year? Because for me, I'm saying he can. But what we need to do is make sure that we keep both him and those key players fit to do so. Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. Love it, Kempy. Love it. Oh, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. And, the, and you think a little bit deeper about the unlocking of Sean Johnson. You think, okay, he's looking fit. He's always been fit. He's looking confident. I feel like he's always had the confidence. But the reason why he's been able to unlock himself is you, you, you think back to the previous years when he's been in that role. When you're trying to drive both sides of the field, make the decision by yourself, put so much pressure on yourself because you feel like you're the only person that can can lead this team and, and do what he's able to do, it's too hard. And you've just named all of the players throughout that have unlocked this this SJ performance and this consistency and, and his ability to control the game. Like, Dylan Walker, he's a great kid. Him and Jazz Tavanga coming off the... I can't tell them apart. They look similar. But, man, they are adding so much impetus into this group every time they come on the field. And then Tomite Martin, when he's on there, he's controlling the left edge. It allows Sean Johnson to just rove and roam and pick his moments to have a play and have his moment and in in, in impact into the game. But then when it gets to the sixth tackle, he's like, give me that ball. I'm going to relieve the pressure. And every kick, some of them were a little bit too long, but most of the time he's getting to that set of six and relieving the pressure. Man, it's so good to see, Kempe. And I love it how you've just... You know, you've had to, you know, eat eat the eat your pie, and I'm I've been eating it too. Don't worry about that. And I know many of you out there have been eating that humble pie. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. Give us a call. Sj, are you happy? Are you up and about? What has been the unlocking of Sean Johnson? Is it the ability to? Mate, they are so fit, Kimpy. They are. They are so fit. Yeah. Aren't they? I tell you, I tell you what. I'm driving home after the game last night. We did an hour of talkback, and we had plenty of people phoning in to talk to both me and Sammy about the game. And and driving home, getting to think, you know, like what really is the difference? And I've got to say, everyone's talking about his offensive prowess, mate. It's his defense. It's yeah, his man. Defense. defense was good. Like he is that confident. In tackling at the moment, he pulled off another couple of big tackles yesterday. He pulled a couple of big ones off in the t- in the two previous games before, but he, he there was one there was one part. See what tackling and 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 having good D does. It gives you the um, I guess the confidence to attack. Like he's picked up the ball once on the fifty meter line and taken it off first receiver and and take and t- basically taken a settler. 
you know, which I haven't seen him do for such a long time. But for me, it's just the way that you've got Maratunu Akure sitting next to him, who's a bully, mate. You know, like you don't want to run out that right edge because you're going to get hammered from a Marata. He just owns you defensively. I've, I've haven't seen a bloke being able to do that on the edge for a long time. You got to think Kikau was playing out there, going against Sean, who's the best back row in the competition, and Sean done a job on him. Him and him and Marata done a job on Kikau. They kept him quiet all game. So, mate, yep. You do. You've got to take uh, those servings. Man, I've taken three servings so far this year. I hope I, hope I can take another 20. Um, but SJ, for me, he picked up the three um, daily end points yesterday. And I just hope he keeps it on. And you did right, Izzy. What you talked about as far as his kicking game, it's been outstanding. Oh, man, like the desperation is showing from the side. Jackson Ford, that, that try-saving tackle towards the end. Oh, so good. Look, I've got a lot of confidence. And we've got Richie Agar coming on at the end of the show. And I want to just, just ask about, like, what have they done differently in this preseason? Like, everyone goes to preseason, they'll be running up and down sand dunes. But just try and get a bit more detail of how they've been able to, to play like this. We're only a couple of games in, but it's great to see. the three wins from four games. And they probably should have beat the Roosters, too, over there. So Joe from Gizzy has given us a call. We'll come back. Joey, so you just hold the line there and we'll get your take on it. You're a passionate Warriors fan and, well, if I can remember correctly, you might be eating a bit of pie as well, my friend, but no doubt you are a Warriors supporter and you'll be absolutely up about about that performance. So stay tuned. Coming up, we've got Joey from Gizzy. The phone lines are open. Double eight, double three, the text machine as well. If you want to have your take on the Warriors, we've got plenty to get through throughout the morning. We had David Chode on. We've got uh, some Super Rugby, Renee Holmes, Richie Agar coming up. Here's uh, Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together, we're shaping and building New Zealand. Thank you, Aroha. It's time for some headlines with Joey B. Brought to you by Kennard Tire. Make your job easy. Kennards.co.nz. Joey B. Yeah, if you're just waking up this morning, as Izzy was saying, Kiwi golfer Michael Hendry has qualified for his third British Open after a second-place finish on the Asian Tours World City Championship. And in PWC match play, both semifinals went to a playoff as Cameron Young tied his match with Rory McIlroy on the 18th and then went and then went on to win it to advance to the final. Oh. He'll face Sam Burns, who just won it after going 20 with um, Chef, which is pretty impressive. Gull, filling your mission, awesome. pop into your local for some good value fuel. Visit gull.nz. And boys, Choices Flooring pool, pool, pool time. <laughs> Choices Flooring spaces for living catalogue sale on now. I'm going to throw it to Neeps with this one. He came up with a poll today. Morning, fellas. Um, you know, we're, we're three and one so far this season. Sticking with Kempi's off the back fence. The Warriors looked fantastic yesterday. Had a great afternoon, finished up watching the UFC and then rolled straight onto the Warriors game. So that was awesome. So I want to know who your MVP for the Warriors is this season. You can have your vote on the SEN app. Just go on the Izzy and Kempi page and you can have your choice. I've put in Mitch Barnett. To Mighty Martin, Wade Egan and Sean Johnson. Although if you want any other options, you can text them through to double eight double three. But uh, who are your options, boys? That's your Choices Flooring poll. Uh, view Choices Flooring online magazine with over 100 inspiring pages at choicesflooring.com. That's a great poll. That's a great poll. You could probably throw a few more names in there as well. I thought um, 
Charles Nickel Closter was was outstanding yesterday. I thought he was very, very good, and you could see in the end he was getting a bit of crap, so he worked extremely hard. But look, for me, it has to be SJ. Um, yeah, I love it, absolutely love it for you, Kempi. Yeah, oh, well, I've just said that. I, I, I think Sean Johnson's, um, you know, he's getting better as the as the season rolls around. Um, Marata Nokore is someone else I would have had had in there, uh, but a good. A good poll, Mitch Barnett. Like he wasn't playing yesterday, and he's yet to come back. The thing with it, you still haven't seen uh, Dallin Watenezelizniak either. Who mm. uh, Ed Cossey was very good out there on that right wing yesterday, diffusing a couple of bombs. He got stuck on a on a scrum with a just an inside out out sweep from the Fox. Like you give the Fox a meter on the outside, and he'll burn yeah. most players in the competition. So I'll give Ed a, a pass mark on on that because he's not the only one to be burnt by the Fox, but. Generally, for 99% of the game, he had a good one. But on this one, it's Sean Johnson, 100%. Love it. Love it, Sean Johnson. And we're going to cross over to Joe from Gizzy. Our man, hope you're doing okay, Joey. Warriors, how good? Yeah, very good, boys, very good. It's interesting to see that uh, 11 of our players run over 100 metres for the second week in a row, and look what happens, you know. And we uh, the fitness is there, but uh, mm. all of those small all those small buys and all those one percenters that's coming along, Kempi is allowing you to shape that hole in that room. And as you can see, when he finally takes it to the lines, uh, we've got a different man on our books. It yep. looks amazing, looks happy with his wife and kids, you know, and uh, we still haven't played 80 yet, Kempi, still haven't played 80. No, that's right. Hey, that's what's so exciting about this, Joe, to keep the, the first team out there to play 80 minutes. So what are you thinking about their starts? Like, you know, they put the they put the Cowboys away because they started well in the in a couple of other games they haven't they've had to fight back. What do you think they need to do to fix their starts up? Well, we just see that everyone needs to do their job for the first ten minutes. You know, I mean, yeah. I mean Montoya coming on the hit there, he bounced off the player. They they unloaded the ball in the winger and they went round them and they scored and were like that's inside four or five minutes. If we just stick to our guns in the first ten minutes, stick to our simple roles. But what it did show you is that there's heaps of fight in that team. You know, we had, we had um, Tohu go off with a knee injury and he got covered by Walker. We had guys slotting into roles that we wouldn't normally have. And everyone everyone stuck it for the whole 80 minutes. Even though it was a grind, you know, we made plenty of mistakes and we had we had a few issues. But I think as the team's growing, I think you're finding players putting their hands up. And especially with, you know, 11 players over 100 metres. I mean, we, we barely had five players over 100 metres per, per game last year. Yeah, so I'm, that's a, I'm loving it. That's Absolutely. important, AJ. Eh, that's important. That hundred meters plus getting in the middle of the park. It's why the cow, uh, the the bulldogs had nothing left in that final ten minutes when they they needed to find something. What do, what, what about the defence? Like, let's talk about the defence because that was the biggest letdown last year, um, especially the edges. What do you think's changed in that? I think Sean Johnson made more tackles this year than his whole career, mate. Let's be honest because he's got someone inside him who's making him work, and he's, there is cover shifting sideways all day long. Whereas previously, we'd fly up out the line, we'd get caught at dummy half, no one would make an effort, and then around, around and through, through the middle they'd go. But our, our big boys are looking fit as they've ever been. And I just think with Mitch Barnett to come back, I think there's competition, and competition drives hunger, and uh, that'll make guys do the extra one percenters. Hey Joey, thanks a lot for for joining us this morning. You're such a passionate fan, and uh, you're dead right about. Hope Sean you're doing Johnson. okay, brother. Yeah, we hope you're all good yeah. over there in Gizzy with uh, everyone else. So just uh, 
Thanks a lot. We'll talk to you again, Joey. We no, no doubt you'll ring back in here. Just got a text here from Marshy. Morning, boys. Hey, what's the go with this SENZ app in the bay? No, 5.49am. We're going to have a check on that right now, uh, Marshy. So we'll come back to you. We know you're a big follower of the... Uh, of the show, and um, yeah, if you've got anything else you want to talk to around Sean Johnson, especially around his game, he pulled that clutch play on to get them to that 14 12 win yesterday. Uh, text us on double eight double three. Yeah, phone lines are open as well. Oh, 811. Love it, Kempi. Very, very passionate. Oh, this is a great message from Jimmy. This is something I want to talk to you about, actually. Great game yesterday by the lads. I feel though. As though Josh Curran would have been an asset on attack. We just needed a good unders line or cut to change the angle as the dogs were just sliding sideways. Curran runs mean unders. I was going to talk to you about the attack. A very good attack, and don't get me wrong. Is, it, is there a reason why they're so congested on attack? I feel like the centres, the wingers are real tight. So when they do run their back ball, the back ball runner is running across, and then those players are kind of running across as well. So they're running the similar angle. Wouldn't it be better to get wide... So you've got two options, to hit an unders or to hit an outside um, uh, outside gap. Is there, is there a reason? Because like, if it wasn't for Viliami, like how good is he in the centres? I can understand why they're potentially doing it because he's attracting two defenders, but nine times out of ten, he's getting, his, he's getting the offload away, and that's why he was able to get Montoya over that left edge. But, yeah, is, is that a game plan? That, that Staying con- tight and, and congested? That con- uh, Constantine-type look where you're... you're- you jam your centres and your wingers right around the back and you're hiding your fullback in around the, the ruck and then they all sweep mm. on that play. It's just basically that spread is just to, to make those decisions around that defensive line's play on the on the, on the the lead runner. So you're playing an unders-overs run through your lead runner and your sweepers. And like Rugby Union have uh, uh, have picked it up. Um, it's just basically ways to break defensive lines down. So ways to break defensive lines down is to put your, your lead runner and your sweep runner in the right position, but the secret is to hide them, to, to get them to eventually come around the back of them. And, and why you see the likes of um, the Fox going over so many times, you know, because if you can get that play right and that pass right, generally that speed on the outside um, puts that winger in two minds and, and he ends up making a poor decision. So, like... Yesterday, for me, that, that one around Josh Curran changing his lines, I thought they should have stayed more into the middle of the park. I think that, I was saying to Sammy, they just need to stay in the middle. You know, like going to the edges isn't going to get this for them. They need to go through the middle. And it's where Sean eventually got them with that show and go because um, they they were playing, I thought, a little bit too expensive, that, that shape that you yeah. were saying. And really what they were doing was they were burying the, the Bulldogs' middle and they weren't tiring them out. They were actually letting them off the hook by going wide. So it's mm. – um, look, with the Josh Curran, that's the, that, that comment from Jimmy, look, I can't see Josh Curran getting a start. Mm. Not with the current players that they've brought in. I think Josh Curran has gone further down the back and I wouldn't be surprised if uh, we hear very shortly that Josh Curran's asking for a release. If there's one – Place you need a, you need an improvement from the Warriors. Where do you obviously the starts one of them, but another area of concern or, or somewhere for vast improvement that you'd love to see. I think tomorrow Martin needs to sw- switch his play and he has to go more to the right hand side of the pitch as well as opposed to striking that left hand side with Valier and, and Montoya. So yesterday they went down that side so many times. Eventually they got him, but. That right hand side, they were, you know, they were struggling defensively quite often, 
And I think if you've got that five eight sweep play with Sean, that's that's where Dylan Walker comes comes into play because he actually moves that play out. And what happens is Sean goes into that Tomori Martin roll out the back down that right edge. We just didn't do it enough yesterday. We've got to recognise that, and Tomori needs to pick that up. So that would be the the only other play. And I and I just thought like they they toughed it out yesterday. It, Big parts of the game in that second half, we had every back rower in the club on the football field. We had Adam Fanua, Blake Bunty of four, Tom Ale, um, and who was the other middle yesterday, and another, just slips my mind, another big forward on the bench, and every back rower was out there playing through the middle of the pitch, you know, so it's a, they're doing plenty of work. You know, when, when mm. Joey comes on, so they're running for over 100 metres each. Man, they were tired yesterday, but so were the Bulldogs because they, they did the job through the middle of the park. Tohu was the other one on the bench. Bang it. Love it. Absolutely love talking to the Warriors. They are back. They're three from four, and uh, they're back in the winning soon. Great to see Sean Johnson performing like the Sean of old. There we go. A bit of Warriors chat. Coming up, we're going to talk some Super Rugby Pacific because there's plenty happening over the weekend. So we'll come back and talk some Super Rugby. Now we're going to be talking Super Rugby. The DHL Super Rugby Pacific is underway. And, well, it was a great weekend for our Kiwi teams. Five from five to boot in the Super Rugby. We're going to talking, be talking Super Rugby standout players, Kempe. And I'll, I'll kick us off. I'll start us off this morning. I think this player has been flying under the radar for a few years now, but his consistency with, uh, with this team that he plays every single week. He's a big body. He's a big boy who can play multiple positions, he can play 10, 15, probably in the midfield. I can't look any further than the one and only Sam Gilbert from the Highlanders. I think he's been outstanding for the last couple of years and he really showed his class over the weekend when they took on a big Fijian Drua down there in, in Forsyth Bar. So Sam Gilbert, he's been consistent in that outfit and he's a quality player and I think he's got a bright, bright future. So Sam Gilbert would be my DHL Super Rugby Player of the Week last weekend for the Highlanders. Yours? Yep. Um, look, I'm going to Leicester Fainuku again. I think that he's put, putting a stamp on the competition and also in the All Black selection books. I think he's put his name right at the top uh, alongside Talia. I think Talia's just outstanding at the moment. But really the player that I want to give it to is Renee Holmes. I'm going to go to the other side of the of the Super Rugby. I'm going to go to the women's in the final. Renee Holmes, we talked about on the weekend, being the difference with her boot. I thought scoring a try and kicking that penalty to take him out to that seven-point lead late in the game really sealed the deal and put the pressure back on the Manawa. And, uh, mate, she can play rugby, that girl. But boot the ball? Man, she's got a great boot. So for me... <laughs> she's got I'm, a great kick. I'm, I'm giving it to Renee Holmes, hands down, this weekend. Beautiful, Kempe. Uh, we're going to be talking to Renee Holmes after 8 o'clock. We appreciate their time. They had day two. Well, yesterday I messaged uh, Grace Steinmetz. She's part of that town. She goes, Izzy, you know what's better than day one? Day two. So they'll be a little bit slow this morning, but we appreciate Renee Holmes finding time for us. Here you go, Renee Holmes. you got Lester Fainga Nuku continuing on his form. Is there any bolters for you in that All Blacks team from... You know, we're only a couple of rounds through Super Rugby Pacific. If there's anyone that has stood out that potentially could get Ian Foster's attention, let us know on double eight, double three. Super Rugby is back. Leicester Fying Nuku. I've gone for Sam Gilbert. He is flying. And then you've got Renee Holmes in her class in the Super Rugby. I'll pick it. Finale. Amy Rule. I thought she was outstanding for Mar uh, Maratatu as well. She played 70 minutes and 70 minutes for a prop. That's a hell of an effort. 
Grace Brooker, very good in the midfield. So we'll be talking that after 8 o'clock. We're going to shoot off because we're going to come back. We've got plenty of messages to get through in regards to the Warriors. And if there's anything super rugby, let us know. How is Tohu Harris's knee? Unsure. Unsure, Kempi. You got a little quick five-second update? I'll tell you what, we'll ask Richie Agar when he comes on. Beautiful. There we go. Stay tuned. Richie Agar, 840. Appreciate it. We'll shoot off. We'll come back and wrap up the hour. Back, double eight, double three. The temper bed post text machine is flying this morning. A bolter that has come through is young Billy Proctor, the Hurricanes midfielder. Limited opportunities this year. It was outstanding last year. Potentially could be in Ian Foster's sights, knowing the injury toll that has taken place in terms of midfielders, Kempi. That's a, that's a juicy one. A young Billy Proctor. He goes all right too. Do you think the injuries are a bit of a worry at the moment? Is like there's a number of players going down. Um, mm. You know, do we do we start to get worried about losing players? Uh, I start to get worried about the Crusaders. Yeah, <laughs> they've got a ton of injuries in the midfield, in the locking department, in the forwards. Ethan Black and a Walter off. Yeah, I think there's some concern, but look, we got time. We got time, Kempi, in terms of injuries for the All Blacks. I think. They'll be fine. And, and Billy Proctor, he's shown signs that he's capable of taking that next leap. Absolutely love it. And then just one couple more before we shoot off. Morning, brothers. SJ is the man, the myth, the cult legend. Defensive is outstanding. Best today and just game management. His kicking seems to have meaning behind it. Finding the line, resets, etc. As it is, he is feeling settled at home. Living back home. Kayla not worried about netball. Happy to see him back to his best. It's our year finally from an unknown Texer. <laughs> and just quickly, one more from Cam. Morena, guys. Great start to the season. Really looking forward to seeing how far they can go. Just wondering your thoughts on Brandon Smith's comments around Joseph Sawali. And would either of you switch codes early on in your career apart from the coin? It is, is it? really is a, a smart idea that is from cam well cam we spoke about this earlier on in the six o'clock hour we'll go off we'll have a chat to renee holmes and show her the respect and, and obviously the momentum huge occasion for the matatu when they took on the chiefs mano and got the job done and we'll come back and we'll get some more reaction to that situation joseph suwali has signed on for australian rugby australia for 1.6 million big ones is it a good thing for the game well, stay tuned, because we'll give you our thoughts again later on. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together, we're shaping and building New Zealand. Yes, welcome back. Izzy Kempi for breakfast, SCNZ. Oh, what a weekend of sport and racing. Hope you got your sport and racing fix over the weekend. I surely did. I was glued to that TV. She was a bit chilly down here, Kempi, and I lit the fire, and you were like, what are you doing? Is it cold? You had a singy on. Oh, she was a little bit chilly here. But I don't know what it is, but just love lighting fires. I'm a bit of a fire bug, as my dad and mum would uh, allude to throughout my younger years. Love lighting fires. But, uh, yeah, hope you had a good weekend. And we'll rip through a couple of these. Cam Roygaard will be as good as Smith and DuPont from Charlie in terms of bolters. Cam Roygaard, look, you got to think of that halfback scenario we've got at the moment. you got TJ, who's come back from injury. you got Aaron Smith, who's the incumbent. He's definitely going to be there. You got Brad Weber, Weber who's, man. you know, showing showing signs of his consistency with a consistent Chiefs team. You got Finlay Christie, you got Flau Fakatawa, and you got Cam Roygaard throwing his name in the mix. Yeah, how good! <laughs> I reckon the nine position's the hardest one to pick. It like, is. Yeah, you got any one of Only those? Only three. Well, yeah, you could easily take six. <laughs> who's your three? Uh, Brad Weber's my number one. 
Smithy mm. is my number two, and I would take TJ my number three. You'd say TJ? It'd be interesting to see where... Mate, he obviously works so hard on his body, and he's already out there running around. He'll, whether he's got enough time or all the selectors will see that. Cam Roygaard's a good shout, Charlie. I do love that. Cam Roygaard is a definite shout, and um, yeah, he'll be going, uh, you know, doing whatever he can take to to stamp his mark on those uh, selectors' minds going forward. So uh, we're just struggling to. Catch up with Renault Holmes. No surprises here. Day two after Super Rugby final. Can only imagine what the ladies are up to. We'll continue to track her down, but there's plenty of messages to get through. And uh, one from Dermot. Love the cheese. Warriors. Warriors. Serious in attack. Love the cheese. And you know, if you want to put that in context, well, Brandon Smith, the cheese, spoke about Joseph Suwali's comments uh, yesterday in a press conference and really just put it in perspective of what Rugby Australia are doing and the great game that is Rugby League and lads, if we're struggling to track down Renee, that's okay. Can you play that clip again and we'll put some context on it. Here we go. Sorry, so the kitchen's on fire. Apologies, the kitchen's on fire. <laughs> it's okay, it's okay. We'll just put, we'll give you a bit of time to find that clip because we'll play it for you because we had Cam on the show earlier on. Uh, he just messaged through before we shot off to the news and he put some, just want to know about our comments. So maybe we'll rip into that while we track down um, Renee Holmes about the Joseph Suwali. And we touched on it earlier on the 6 o'clock hour, Kempi, but... When you think of it, 1.6 million per year, three years, five million taken away from Rugby Australia, the pathways, and I'm struggling to find where a Rugby Australia has gone and got this money on. A code over there that is absolutely struggling has come out with all this money. And your initial reaction was it the right decision by Rugby Australia to do this? Is Joseph Suwali lost the league forever? Do you see him making a comeback and going back? He is only young. Yeah, and obviously Brandon Cheese was talking about that in his interview. He said he's only sixteen; he'll be back when he's twenty. Well, the the question is to our listeners on oh eight hundred one five eight eleven. Like, if you're a chippy or a, a sparky, or you're sitting in an office and you get a bloke who's got the same business and heard that how good you were coming and offer you three times the amount of money that you're on, would you go? That's the question. Would yeah. you actually go? You know, because this is purely money. You know, and mm. Joseph Swaley and his management team have made a decision that, you know, he's not going to the end of 2024. So he's still got this season, next season of rugby league. He'd be 21 at the time he leaves and comes back after three years, still only 24. You know, that's why Brandon, <laughs> Brandon Smith said he'll be 13, he'll probably be 16 when he comes back. He's so young. But the question is, what would you do? 0800-150811, what would you do if someone walked in and offered you a big wad of money to change work, work, work spaces, would you go? I don't begrudge um, Joseph Suwali at all. If, if that was me, 100% I'm taking it. 100% I'm taking that money. That is a lot of money that you, you were doing for a game that you love playing. And the thing about this is he's played uh, rugby union his whole um, high school Life, you know, high school life, and obviously rugby league won the race to sign him at an earlier age. Rugby Art Australia tried to sign him, so the winner out of this is rugby league, really, because they got him cheap as chips. He's a genuine superstar of the NRL now. They know what he's capable of. He's laid the foundations. Now rugby Australia's probably had to triple their their deal to get him back. The original deal wouldn't be even been close to that. 
now that they've seen what he's been able to do, and uh, on and with the Roosters, his value has tripled, quadrupled. He's worth so much more. So the winner is Rugby League, and he won't be lost to Rugby League. He's going to go back. He'll go over to Rugby Australia. He'll do what he needs to do. This is about the 2027 Rugby World Cup that is taking place in Australia, so I can understand why they've done it. But I probably don't agree with it. If I'm a Rugby Australian fan um, and, and people in the clubs back in the grassroots, they'll be affected because that's $5 million that is taken away from them. No doubt there'll be some benefactors out there, Kempi, that would have given them plenty of money to be able to do this because rugby is is a rich rich sport in Australia. It's, um you know, targets the, the high decile kind of schools. Uh, that's what I'm hearing out of Australia. But, um, yeah, he, he, if I was him, we'll take that contract 100%. Yeah, and you know, as he, I don't think he'll come back. I, if they want to, and if they want a premiership in the next two years, Sydney City Roosters, I don't think he'll come back because if we look at the, I guess the profile of Suwali, and he's going to be the next Sonny Bill Williams. Well, you can imagine what he's going to be, um, his worth is going to be to Japan and Europe in that rugby circle once he hits that World Cup in in twenty seven. You know, and I think that's what people in the league circles don't realise is that he's actually going to be in the prime of his football career when his next contract's up. And he, if he's on 1.6 now and he does go along and win it, well, mate, I don't think he'll actually make it back because I think the money will come from Europe or Japan. Beautiful. Well, it's interesting because you think of the players that have been able to transition from league to union, you can't really look any further. And Sonny Bill Williams is one of the greats, but Israel Folau and his impact on the game of rugby union, he is the highest scoring, he's got the highest, uh, the most tries in Super Rugby to date. So his quality, you feel like he can have the same impact. Anyway, we'll come back and we'll talk to that shortly. But now time to intro. And I'm, no, I'm not surprised she's a bit late. She's probably just woken up, Kempi. Yeah, no, she has. Time for our Super <laughs> Rugby All Pookie review. Thanks to BizCover. Easy business insurance for your winning team. She's joined us. She's obviously had a couple of days. Renee, thank you very much for joining us <laughs> here on SENZ this morning. How was the celebration? Like, we know what your celebration has been like for the last two days, but what was it like Dusty. at the final whistle? <laughs> oh, honestly, like... Um Man, it was probably a bit more, and I guess, in shock, like, but a dis, you know, disbelief. Like, I could not. I, as they were lining up for that penalty, I was like, no freaking way, no way, we are like, you know, about to lose by this one kick. Like, I just started going my like, oh, and then I think, yeah, like I, as soon as the whistle went, and and she had missed it. Um, I literally was just looking at my teammates and they were just screaming and I just was in shock. And then I think the tears came a little bit after once I had recognised that, you know, we, we had done it. This is becoming a bit of a habit, uh, Renee Holmes. We spoke to you after the Black Ferns. You were a little bit slow. We spoke to you after the month. You are the winning formula in all of this, Renee, like honestly. <laughs> And and I'll talk about that last penalty, justice anyway, because it was an absolute turnover and the ref had a howler, so I'm yes. uh, justified. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Yes. <laughs> when, when they hey, look, <laughs> talk us through those those first moments. Like You're down 19-0 and the pressure's on uh. and then your ability to get back in this game. Like What was the messages that you were portraying or, or relaying to the group to get them back into the game? Yeah, I guess um, at that point, 
uh, we hadn't even really had the ball. Like, um, I guess we lost a couple of our own set pieces. So, and the girls had worked really hard on that this week and that release piece. So it was actually quite hard going that first 20 minutes. And, you know, their, their forward pack was dominating ours. But I think um, we just recognised that there was still 60 minutes to go in the game um, at that point. And we we knew that they were going to start tiring out after the first 20. So I think just the piece around, um, we had just belief in our, in our camp all weekend. And knowing that if there was going to be a team to do it, it was going to be us. And, and we know we could we could come back from a 19-0 um, like down. And what about that momentum? You know when it started to shift, and was that part yeah. of your chat during grand final week that you knew if you hung in there, you had them, uh, especially in the fitness stakes? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Like, we just acknowledged that, you know, if we just, start, you know, tried sticking with them and not, I guess, to blow out too much, then... Um, our fitness was going to come and shine through, and, and I think it did in that, you know, uh, second second twenty in that in that first half, and it just started opening up for us, and we yeah, yeah we were just getting excited. Mate, honestly, I've I've watched the Super Rugby Alpiki. I'm so <laughs> for it. Uh, it's such a wonderful watch, and that that final didn't disappoint. For you being a part of it, like, are you amazed with where yeah. the women's game is growing and where it's at at the moment? Yeah, honestly, it is just. Um, it's just so exciting the way that you know the women, the women's game's hitting, and and I think if you know the the quality of the rugby that we were out there producing, and that's off you know uh, players that aren't even full time. Um, we were only assembled four days of the week, back end of the week, people were still working, so to still be able to put out a quality, you know, quality performances every week like that, um, just makes me super excited for for when the day comes when it is full time. Yeah, I think it's only around the corner, Renee Holmes. Let's talk about your kicking, your goal kicking. Like, how much work do you put into it? And, and like, you're on another level. You're on another level. Like, gone are the days of women's rugby players been kicking it from the sideline and, and barely making the 15. Like, your boot is something that is just, a, it's mind-blowing. How much work do you put in? Yeah, um, I think I learned actually a lot in the World Cup campaign from DC around around what like your week should look like in terms of kicking load and that. So I was obviously very lucky to to have his knowledge in that there. So definitely do put in the do put in the work during the week and um and you know um the couple of weeks ago uh, there was an opportunity to take a penalty um to probably win us the game against the Hurricanes and I you know I didn't take it. Um, so leading into into this final and even last week, just having that courage and um, being brave and like that's my job. Awesome. I, I need to step up for for my team and the belief that my captains had in me and you know that actually the team had in me um, just made it so much easier to believe in myself. Yeah, I, I wouldn't so. want anyone else kicking the football because you've got a fantastic <laughs> boot. You. Um, yeah, I could feel I could feel what you were saying there about uh, that final play of the game where the kick went to the right of the uprights and and you guys finally got the win. What what do you see, Renee, the future of Old Picky, uh and Super Rugby? What do we need to add to this competition because it's just getting better and better? Yeah, um, it is definitely just getting better and better. So obviously, just you know, more game time, more games, get us get it expanded, let let us play. You know, these Aussie teams and you know the Fijiana team. Um, it's just that's the only way I think it's gonna, you know, just keep getting better and better. Um, and obviously, once our girls, you know, get to go full time on a super rugby contract, it's gonna be a very, very um, special and good day for women's rugby because we're just gonna keep producing um, even more better performances.
Yeah, I'd love to have Australia's input and obviously Fijiana and what they've been able to add to mm. international women's rugby. Uh, Renee, just tell us about the last couple of days. What's been happening? <laughs> what do you got planned? What does the future look like? <laughs> yeah, um, man, it's actually just crazy to think, you know, just wanna, got to win a um, Rugby World Cup not, not too long ago, a few months ago, and I just got to win my first ever rugby title. So it's been, you know, body. it's going to probably another, yeah, <laughs> it's a bit of a high that I'm going to have to, you know, come back down to, but we're actually real lucky. Um, Black, all Black Friends contracted players actually get a week off, so I'm going to be heading back to Gizzy. Um, obviously, I haven't been back since the cyclone, so it'll mean a lot to head back down there and be able to help out where I can. And then, yeah, back into, I guess, get a bit of club, club footy under my belt and hopefully be putting my hand up for the pack four selection. Oh, you'll be right in there, mate. <laughs> yeah, no, you ain't going to miss selection for that. You're absolutely flying, Renee Holmes. Hey, well done. We appreciate you coming in this morning. No doubt you'll be a little bit slow, but enjoy your week off. And well done getting <laughs> back so to Tairawhiti. I know they're close to your heart and everyone there, especially your dad. Your biggest supporter <laughs> will be extremely proud. Well done, Renee, and, and enjoy the next couple of weeks. Thanks so much for having me. There she is, Renee Holmes. She is world class, Kempi. Well, he picked it and up. And look, I've, I need to eat a bit of humble pie here too, because <laughs> I never believed in this woman's sport and this woman's rugby and and what it's about. But I'm a genuine fan, mate. I absolutely love it. I'll eat my humble pie. I'll go eat my mince and cheese pie. I don't care. Like it is so good. And how do we how do we continue this momentum on, Kempi? Like this is the thing now. Like the the Black Ferns aren't playing all June. The Farah Palmer Cup is a month away, and we do we can't afford to lose any momentum. Yeah, and I and I hear you, you know, and you're dead right. You know, you've become a big fan, sending me through all those uh, those socials and around watching the game with your fire burning and all sorts <laughs> of stuff, mate. The, the reason why you're watching it is because it's actually good football. You know, the school level. Great football. Imagine these girls; they're still part timers, so they're still got to go to work. They got a couple of days off this week to play in a final. They're not you know, running around like the Super Rugby boys that get uh, a full-time gig all the time. I think the changes that need to be, all right, they need full-time contracts is the first thing. They need to be, there needs to be some parity in and around contracting, even with the small the, the small group of players and teams that they have. And then the second thing is they need to expand the competition. They need to go out to Australia. They need to go to the Pacific. They need to bring the teams in so that everyone gets an opportunity. I think they, I think these guys, when I look at it, are trailblazers. They're trailblazers. Imagine what this competition looks like in five years' time. Especially when you watch that final. Like, it was so... Like, you, if you look, watch the competition throughout, Chiefs Manawa were dominating every team by 50 points. And we had Chelsea Alley on last week, and we spoke about um, the pressure, you know, and Matatu went there and put them under pressure, and they weren't able to to handle that pressure when the, when the pressure was on. And... And made for fantastic viewing, and it was so outstanding. I absolutely loved it. That was Renee Holmes. We're talking Super Rugby, Aupiki, Matatu, getting up over Chiefs Manawa. And that was brought to you by BizCover for business insurance that will help kick risks out of your way. Choose BizCover.co.nz. We've got Paulie Moati coming up. We'll have a catch-up and see how the TAB did over the weekend. Well, they got a hiding from Tony Kemp. I'm sure many of you out there gave them a wee little bit of a tickle up as well. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrance. Yes, it's time for our TAB catch-up with Paulie Moati. Bet live on your favourite sports. Download the TAB app today. Good morning, Paulie. How was your weekend? Because me and Izzy had one for the ages. 
Yes, you're not the only ones either, boys. Um, what a weekend for Kiwis in particular. Um, look, you, you've obviously talked about the Warriors non-stop all morning, and you'll be talking about them all week, I'm, I'm guessing, and, and rightly so. Um, that, that, that was a game that the Warriors team of, even of last year, that they would have dropped. You know, they had a that um, try where uh, I think Kiko uh, stripped the ball out um, and, and it wasn't given, and then next thing you know, the Fox is under the post down the other end of the uh, field. That that would have knocked last year's Warriors side over, but this this side's got a wee bit more sort of metal to them. They they just kept digging away and, and kept... They did, didn't lose their composure. So, yeah, I was very, very impressed by the Warriors. They were superb. I'm just having a look at them now. They're 2.55 to make the top eight. Well, they're sitting inside the top four at the moment. They're 7.50 to make the top four and $31 to win the grand final. They've come in after the performance that they've shown over the first four weeks. If you look on the racing side of things, we had Imperatrez uh, picking up, uh, what, the William Reed on Friday night at the Valley. We had Prowl West uh, winning the Vinery on Saturday. Not an option um, picked up at very, very good odds. Um, the Kiwis are just going absolutely right. The Super Rugby... None of the Kiwis lost, I don't believe. So, crikey, it's a great time to be a Kiwi. And we've paid out a few dollars, and you guys, you guys know we have, because if we've paid Izzy, we've paid a lot of people. <laughs> oh, You're the, dead right. The TAB, Paulie, the TAB, they obviously um, would be a little bit wary of prowess and where she goes to, to next. What do you think the future holds for you? Well, did that. The sky's the ceiling, isn't it? She's just ridiculously good. I thought they might have a little bow peep at the Aussie Oaks. I'm guessing that they're they're just not quite comfortable with her over the mile and a half yet. Um, so they're, they're, they're taking their time, and fair enough too. Um, boy, oh boy. It's just this crop of three-year-olds that we've got, not just the fillies, but this crop of three-year-olds is just ridiculous. This is one of the... Um, greatest classes of three-year-olds that we've uh, seen come through. And I'm really, really uh, happy for the industry because this is this is just ridiculously good. Oh, I'm just loving it at the moment. And I see that Penny Wicker and their connections there, they've paid up yeah. the, the late norm and they're heading over to take on the, the best Australian fillies and the Australian Oaks. So, oh, boy, it's just a great time to be in the game, isn't it? Great time to be a Kiwi horse racing fan at the moment. We've got a big meeting on Wednesday at Mata Mata. Anything that you can let us into, or do we have to keep us waiting, do you, Paulie? Oh, I was waiting for our good friend <laughs> Uncle Tony to let us know exactly where we should go. You don't get nothing uh, this on Wednesday. You don't get nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, keep, I'll keep an eye out for all the money moves because I'm sure that Kempi and the Taranaki Mafia will be behind a few of them. Hey, Paulie, thanks a lot for joining us this morning, mate. Yes, we'll we'll try and keep our ear to the ground because it's uh, it's on the pulse at the moment. Watch and bet live on your favourite sports and racing at tab.co.nz. Please gamble responsibly, not like as the R18. Um, thanks, Paulie. We'll talk to you again. <laughs> we'll talk to you again soon. Um, I don't know, is he about prowess? I think that prowess, that win, has said to every other horse in New Zealand, actually in 2023, our form is first class. Hence why Pennywecker has paid, 
I think it's $22,000 as a late entry fee to get into that race. I think you're going to see a lot more Kiwi horses head over there uh, in the coming weeks. Are they taking? Are they putting respect on the on the Kiwi bred horses going over? I'm getting a sense that they're changing their approach towards the Kiwis heading over after what Prowess and Peritres did. Well, you have to th- you have to have a think about it. You have to have a think about it. So when we're at the uh, Karaka sales, imagine what next year's ones are going to be like. Mm. You know what I mean? If this crop of three year olds is performed this well, imagine what next year's uh, crop of uh, sales are going to be like. I, look, I just think the the weekend that's just gone past is just stamped uh, authority all over our New Zealand three year olds, and of course our future horses. Yeah, totally agree, Kempi. I think the Karaka sales will be hugely important going forward, knowing the impact that they've had over the weekend in, in regard. So, love it. Great to catch up with Paulie Moati. We're going to carry on with the show. We've got Richie Agar coming up. We're going to talk more Warriors, because why not? They are back. We've got our Choices Flooring poll results. Got some headlines with Joey B. But before then, here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together, we're shaping and building New Zealand. Thank you, Aroha. It's now time for some headlines and choices, flooring, poll results. Headlines are brought to you by Gull, fueling your mission all year round. Joey B? Yes, well, a bit of a weird sports headlines for you boys. Some American-themed headlines are for you at 8.30. We're halfway through the XFL season, and uh, if you've been paying attention to it all, I'm guessing you haven't because neither have I, but <laughs> funnily enough, Houston and Washington DC are looking like the best teams at the moment, which is kind of ironic considering how both team cities have pretty terrible NFL franchises. Uh, and the, Al- <laughs> the Arlington Renegades are currently playing the San Antonio Brahmas, so if you want to start your morning with a bit of American football, you can chuck that on ESPN at the moment. And March Madness is going on in the States as well. We're at the quarterfinal stage of the college basketball tournament with LSU set to face Miami University at midday today for a place in the final four. That is going to be crazy. Their fans are going to be absolutely wild. Can't wait to go down there, boys. Uh, maybe one day and catch some March Madness action that's on my bucket list, actually. Gull, feeling your mission, pop into your local for some good value fuel. Visit gull.nz. And we've got our Choices Florian poll result. Do we, Neeps? Yeah, we sure do, Joe. It's a pretty resounding result. As E. Kempe, you both picked it. Sean Johnson came out on top with 48% of the votes, closely followed by Wade Egan on 27, and then Mitch Barnett and Tamati Martin made up the rest of the votes. So, yeah, pretty re- uh, renowning result for Sean Johnson on the choices flooring bowl, but being the MVP for the Warriors. Nice. Beautiful. Thank you there, lads. And, it's a, yeah, no surprises. And we've got Richie Agar, Warriors assistant coach coming up and keep you on a yeah, there was some tired bodies out there and Torhu Harris is obviously the big talking point from that game. So love to get a wee update in regards to the Warriors injuries. See if they've got any um, knowledge on how long Torhu Harris will be out, the bodies, the recovery. A lot of them were cramping up. Mm. You can understand it. And it was ball and play. It was, it was entertaining throughout. It wasn't a slow moment throughout that game. 
No, there was it was a game of chess there for long periods of that second half. You saw Chance Nuka Clockstad go down with a, a bit of cramp, and oh, Marata Nuakore was like he had he had uh, the claret coming out from a couple of cuts because uh, he just puts his body on the line. But uh, in the post match press conference, Andrew Webster said uh, that Tohu wanted to go back out of half time. He'd hurt his knee right on the half time blower and got back up, had 10-minute break, and said he wanted to come back out. And Andrew Webster said we knew it wasn't right as soon as he went back out, so he pulled him off. Uh, he thinks that he knows what it is. He's done it before, but they have to go through all the scans and, and all sorts, which he'll be going through today to find out exactly what the extent is. We know he's had knee injuries before, Tohu, but he's one tough um, character, and I'm pretty sure that uh, he'll do everything right to get himself back out there on the pitches. Yeah, beautiful. Just read a couple of these messages from Irish John. Morning, lads. Is league fans always way more loyal than union fans? In New Zealand, We don't. why don't union fans travel to home games, only travel to home games and forget about away games? That is from John Kempe. Well, they, I think they're not loyal fans. I think they're tribal fans. Rugby league fans, they like you go to the you go to the. Um, this is New Zealand's team. Yeah, you go to you go to the game yesterday, and those fans, many of them have been there since day one, you know, and it's quite easy to build, I guess, that tribal fan base when you've had one team representing New Zealand based out of our biggest uh, populated area, especially our rugby league area, because fifty three percent of rugby league is being played up here in Tamaki Makoto. Um, yeah. When I was growing up, rugby was the, you know, we go up to our rugby ground, our local rugby ground, you go to watch Taranaki play, um, you see the All Black Stadium, they were full. Like, you couldn't get into Clifton Park. Um, you couldn't get into rugby park in town. And I just think, you know, with the invent of media through Sky Sport and stuff like that, a lot of people now, if you haven't got that tribal fan base, you can't get them in the gates to home games. They just would watch, much rather sit down and watch it with a cup of coffee at home. They're serious fans, aren't they? Good to see the Joker back out at Mount Smart every single week, face-painted, wore his jersey on and always smiling. Win or lose, they are passionate as always, and that's what I love. They've had some tough years. They've been starved of games at Mount Smart, and they've been waiting for this moment. And, well, that moment didn't disappoint. And let's head off. We're going to hear from Richie Agar, Warriors assistant coach, coming up. Well, the Warriors answered many questions against an extremely dangerous Bulldog side yesterday and got the job done at home at Mount Smart in front of 19,000 vocal fans. Grit and resilience are two words that will run parallel with this performance. Richie Agar, the Englishman out of the Warriors coaching unit, has been incredibly proud last week talking to Smithy about the performance of late, but none bigger than the one yesterday. He joins us on the line this morning. Richie, you missing your Yorkshire puds, bud? Uh, no, not not at this moment in time. First home game yesterday, and we managed to get out to the vans and have a steak sandwich. So we're all, all pretty happy before the game about that, mate. So is that is that your go-to, Richie? Steak sandwich or steak and cheese pie? It's going to be, mate, and I can uh, I can highly recommend it. Yeah, no, we've got up a level from the pies, can be. <laughs> nice, mate. Look, great win yesterday, Richie. What part of the Warriors game are you most excited about? Uh, yeah, different sort of a game yesterday. Um, we felt we were a lot, a lot of fatigue in the game, and, and at times the game got, uh, I guess, pretty messy. You know, ball in play a long time, and and I think some of the back to back, a little bit of offload in there. Yeah, we we felt we felt at half time pretty fatigued, but also we felt at times during the game, 
you know, we did start to get on top, but I, I'm going to credit the Bulldogs. I thought some of their defence were great, and you know, it went you know right to the death really with nip and tuck game. Um, so I guess as, as try line defence under pressure again held up really well. You know, we got some infringements against us, um, some penalties probably that we didn't expect, and I thought when we were right under the pump. You know, we held his gloves up. We held his gloves up pretty well, and I thought there was some strong individual performances too. Yeah, it was outstanding defence, and you're right. The fatigue and the ball and play was huge throughout that. Richie, are you able to give us an update of how everyone's pulled up? Tohu Harris's knee. Um, we've had a few messages uh, asking about Tohu and, and the Warriors and how they've all pulled up. Yeah, no, it's too early, guys. We obviously we get his initial assessments yesterday, but we've got an injury clinic on. Uh, and some recovery this morning, so we'll have a we'll have a better idea in uh, in a couple of hours' time, guys. It's just a little bit early for me to give you um, any accurate assessments on that, and I, I sort of don't want to speculate because you know I'll yeah. if I get it wrong, it'll soon it'll soon spread and <laughs> I'll be in trouble. <laughs> yeah, for sure, no doubt. We'll we'll get a bit more of an understanding throughout the day as it all unfolds. Uh, Richie, just want to ask you about attack. Uh, um, one thing I've yeah. noticed with the Warriors' attack is quite uh, congested. Is there a reason why yep. why the wingers and that centre are, are in quite tight? And uh, obviously, Viliami with his ability to get that ball open and, and get his offload going, set up Montoya in the corner. Is that all part of the plan? Uh, which, I'm just trying to think of which incident you're talking about there. Yeah, some, sometimes on our on our attack on the longer side, yeah, we'll, we'll tuck them in uh, and and the sort of swing onto the ball. It, it's just a it, it sort of can stop the the end two man jamming your plays a little bit, and it and it tightens your passes up, so you're not looking at longer passes under pressure with defenders coming at you hard. There's also, you know, I think there's pros and cons are, are when you. Stand deep and tucked, or when you stand flat and wide, you know both have the strengths, and both have the, uh, I, guess, I guess, the cues for the defence to shut down, if you like. Um, yeah. But it's something that, yeah, we've worked on on a, on a long side to stop ourselves getting jammed and to try and keep the passes a little bit shorter and crisper when uh, you know when we're attacking edges with numbers. I just felt yesterday on, on some of that Tommy, that maybe, you know, maybe we didn't get. Our foot in the door enough before we tried to move the ball at times. You know, I felt I felt you know our best shifts and ball movement came when we created a little bit of momentum and rook speed. Yeah, it's it's funny that you say that, Richie. I was saying that exact uh, thing on the commentary yesterday that you're going. Uh, too early for the for the big shot when you should have just stuck to the middle because you were doing a job on them through that part of the yeah, field and you, and you got him you yeah. got him eventually when Sean went through late in the game. Mate, you must be really happy talking about the middle how they've, but you know again you've had a number of uh, your middle players run for a hundred meters and really set that platform for the side going forward. Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree with everything you said there. I thought when we stuck out in the middle. Uh, we did get a lot of joy from it. And I think, uh, you know, the variety in our plays there, we've got some guys with some punch, we've got some guys with footwork, we've got guys that are really comfortable passing the ball, be it short and long, and, and passing the ball to our halves too. And, you know, someone like Adam Fenua-Blake, when he's, you know, when he's got the wind behind him and he gets his footwork going, he's just a very, very difficult man to bring down, and, and particularly one-on-one. And, and we've seen that a number of times already this year. Short passes, uh, you know, he runs a good line, he's able to break tackles, and, and he's got good enough hands on support as well. So, so yeah, I think, I think balance-wise, at times yesterday, 
we might have been better sticking to that a little bit. And, and I'm also going to say this. I think we've got to tip our hats to the opposition a little bit and think, oh, I thought they defended pretty well for, for long periods too. You know, we did, we did have uh, a fair amount of pressure. And there were times where I thought they, you know, they came up with some really good edge defence and, and scramble as well. But I think that's all part of the learning for us. You know, it, it were a different type of game, nip and tuck, ball in the play uh, a long time. And we were playing a team that had, you know, I guess a different style of defence to what we've played for the last couple of weeks. So uh, I think another pleasing thing for us when we're talking about resilience is that in a tight game, um, you know, we never... We never sort of lost our focus and, and we stayed on it and sort of all, always knew that at some point in those last 15 minutes we would get a chance. You know, we'd get a chance or a couple of chances uh, and opportunities to ice the game and we, and we managed to do that. That's nice, nice, Richie. Yes, average age of the Bulldogs is 21, Richie, so they're definitely a team of the future with a, a couple of more good signings I'm pretty sure Phil Gould would bring to the Bulldogs side. Mate, how, yeah. you've got a really tough month coming up. Um, what, what can... Like, what is a really a realistic expectation for the fans over the next month? Um, yeah, good question. I think, look, we've got off to a positive start. Um, I think, you know, we, we're not under any illusions that we've got plenty of improvements on us and we're going to need to keep improving. I think we saw some of that yesterday that there were areas of our play that, you know, probably weren't consistent enough over the 80 minutes. And I just think it's all about that. It's week by week, trying to keep our messages consistent, trying to keep improving as a team and improving as individuals. You know, I, I watched again the Sharks last night uh, before, um, you know, before I set about our review. And, you know, they look like a team, obviously they've been together sort of 12 months under, under the new coach. And while they haven't, probably started the season as they would have liked. You know, they're getting Dali and Medlis back in the team last night and they looked at the whole different team. So we know we've got we know we've got some tough challenges coming up. We've got a couple of road trips coming up as well. But I think we've just got to try and keep improving every week and, and try and be as consistent as we can be, particularly in those in those effort areas, which, you know, I don't think anybody can dispute that we're playing with plenty of spirit at the moment. Not a not a chance, Richie. Everyone, everyone is on the bandwagon at the moment. Hey, well done, <laughs> yes, well done yesterday, Richie. It was a great win. It was uh, the resilience and the toughness that you guys stuck in there and won the game. Is uh, why if you go out there over the next month, you're going to fill stadiums in at Mount Smart with nineteen thousand people there. They're all happy. Thanks a lot for joining us this morning, Richie. Hope hope the injuries come up well for you this week. And uh, yeah, I look forward to watching the football, good football over the next month. Thanks, guys. Good to chat to you. There you go. Richie Agar joining us out of Warriors headquarters this morning on recovery day. And uh, unfortunately, we can't get that information for you around Tohu Harris. I reckon in the next couple of days after the scans and the swelling goes down, uh, we'll find out whether or not that's a short or long-term breakers. Yeah, it's so good, mate. Look, I love this comment on the effort. There's only one one part. You can control your effort, your ability. Like I see moments yesterday, the ball was on the ground. It was bobbling around. Like Warriors players were jumping on it. We score that hard ball get. You either want to get down there in that dark place or you don't. And I'm seeing it, mate. And I love it. Richie Agar and Andrew Webster, they're doing a great job. And Webster's comments yesterday, without Sean Johnson, we'd have lost that game. Mm. Sean Johnson won us that game. And, you know, that is some praise from a coach that's coming. And he's created anxiety and edge in a group because you don't know one week if you're going to be selected. You might have played all right last week. 
But every week they are picking a team on merit and hunger and desire. And it's so good, Kempe. Love to catch up with Richie Agar. Well done to the Warriors. We're going to shoot off. We'll come back and we'll have a catch up with Ian Smith. Smithy coming up.